Hi, everyone. This is Catherine Adams and Elizabeth Wallace, and you're listening to Binary System Podcast number 245. And tonight we're recapping Welcome to Night Vale number 179, First Snow. <laughs> Very nice, because we were just comparing notes about how it's apparently really cold in California right now. How cold is it? Uh, in San Diego right now, it's 59 degrees. It's very chilly. I have a sweater on. <laughs> it's, it's 36 degrees here in North Carolina. But you know wow. what? It could, it could possibly be up to 70 tomorrow. You just never know with North Carolina. It's true. Uh, before we do the recap, we figured since it'll probably be a quick one, we would do the weekly syrup. Go. What you drinking? Forty forty two stout, and I be thirsty. Okay. Yeah, I have a stone IPA as usual. I am also thirsty, but that's because I had some beef jerky earlier. Mm. Mm. So yeah, I don't know how much I can actually update on the sit rep. Um, North Carolina is getting five, six, th- maybe sometimes seven thousand new cases a day, and the governor is talking about the fact that more measures may have to be taken. Um, nobody knows what that means. Uh, yeah. It's odd, though, because before when Governor Cooper would have an announcement on Facebook, so many of the comments were people like instantly furious that he was infringing on their rights by shutting things down. And no, we've got to keep things open up. And how dare you tell me to wear a mask? And now I'm starting to see people say things like, you've been saying this for ages. We've got to find a way to enforce these mandates to keep all of us safe. So people are going to be angry, whatever happens. But I'm hoping now we're getting into the how dare you not keep keep us safe sort of thing. I I feel like that'll be easier to deal with. Yeah. In California, um, there are a lot of areas where the ICUs are down to 15% or less capacity uh, available. Yeah. So there's been a lot more shutdowns here, but I just don't know exactly what that even means. I mean, I can never even tell. I thought... I thought things were kind of shut down, but apparently they weren't. And now they're, oh, we're going to shut them down even more. And I'm like, but nobody's enforcing anything. And so it's just, they tend to look at California sometimes like, oh, California's doing things right. I think it's all for show. I really do. I feel like they say there's mask mandates, but I see people ignoring it all the time. They say things are shut down. They look pretty open to me. I just, I don't even know. So they are saying it's three weeks of a shutdown now, but once again, I don't know what that really looks like. I think some businesses that had kind of tentatively opened are going to be shut down now. Uh, And yes, you're right. People are yelling this. There was an article in the LA Times today that said that telling everybody that they couldn't go see their loved ones was basically like people trying to do sex ed by saying abstinence only, and it just doesn't work. And we have to do something else other than tell people they can't ever go out and do anything. What we have to do is with like sex ed, we have to tell them if you're going to do things, here's how you do them safely. And I'm like, yeah, but that means wearing a mask and people freak the hell out about wearing masks. So I don't, yeah, I, I have no idea. And it's not, a lot of it comes from the fact that the people up at the very, 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 very top of this country have not really been doing their jobs. But, you know, I don't want to I don't want to fall down a rabbit hole on that. One. I, I just have to say our illustrious current president has completely bailed on any kind of presidential duties. All he's doing now is spewing conspiracy theories and starting more lawsuits that are I'm not even this isn't even hyperbole here. They are literally getting laughed out of the courts now. Ugh. <laughs> just, anyway, what crazy ugh. time we live in right now. It's, it's just, just really nuts. so weird. Yeah, it's just nuts. Anyway, I just I really feel like find a doctor or a nurse to talk to and ask them what they think. Because a lot of people it's like, 
who the hell are we, you know? But it's like the doctors and nurses seem to be the ones who are freaking out about the fact that they are completely overloaded and people are going to start dying just because they can't get them ventilators again. And I think we saw how bad it got into New York. We don't want it to get that bad here. So I don't know who you have to talk to to try and convince yourself that it's serious. But just just please be careful. You know, you don't want to get sick. You just, you don't want to get sick. You don't want to get somebody else sick. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, we will be. It's kind of interesting. The tri-state watch party that we've been having on pixelatedgeek.com. I believe we're going to be having a tri-state Christmas this year because we're going to be all celebrating from three different states. We did our first Zoom call over Thanksgiving with the entire family and that was worked really well. I mean, I was surprised. I've been trying to get everybody to do that for weeks before because I didn't want us to be learning how to do a Zoom call on the day (laughs) of the holiday, but it was fine. And I think even our dad, who is a bit of a Luddite and not really into technology, I think before we had done the Skype calls with everybody, but you know, the quality on Skype is not always that great. But here with the Zoom call, I mean, you can really see everybody and it's sharp and crisp and clear and there really isn't as much of a lag and everything. And dad was like, verbally impressed by everything. I'm like, cool, if we've got dad in on it, we can do this. That's great. So, yep. Yep. Yeah. So Hannah's coordinating a lot of the gifts on her end. Um, a lot of the presents to mom and dad are going straight to her place. And so Hannah, we're really thinking about you and hoping you don't have to schlep too much stuff over there. But um, thank you for doing that. If you need to, please just let us know if we can send you some cash for some nice bags so you don't have to gift wrap <laughs> things, because I know oh, that God. would be a pain. Yeah, I know. Mom is saying that she's like, oh, well, I couldn't get gift wrap on this one thing, so I'm having it delivered here, and then I'll wrap it, and then I'll mail it to you. I'm like, Mom, just send it to me in the box. I don't care. I'm like, no, 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 I gotta wrap it. I have to wrap it. I don't care. I really don't. But I do care, because Mom does know how to wrap a present really Nice. Yeah, she does. But time's a wasting. I mean, we yeah. actually looked at a, a present idea, and it was the only available option was from outside of the country. And we just decided, nope, not this close nope, to Christmas. Let's not freak ourselves out this time. So. <laughs> but everybody's healthy. That's the important thing. Everybody's healthy. Everybody's safe. It's fine. We're fine. We'll get through this. The vaccines are coming down the pike fast. So just cross your fingers that they start getting distributed. Um, Yeah. Well, once the high risk people are able to get the vaccines, then I'll start breathing a little bit easier. Yeah. Oh, God. Once the doctors and nurses get the vaccine. Yes. Give it to them first, please. Oh, jeez. Anyway, so on to nicer subjects. Um, the Nightville episode, First Snow, of course, as it said, this is Nightville's first snow, not of the year, the first snow ever. Yep, in recorded history, which, of course, That's everybody is really thrilled. The city council decided to name this the Snow Day, which in uh, other cultures means a day where there is snow. And then they just announced, it's a snow day, get back to work. <laughs> Boy, they sounded a lot like StrexCorp right there, so we need to keep an eye on that. <laughs> but I liked how at one point they said that it wasn't like a technical snowfall, and I laughed because you and I have experienced technical snowfalls before. There was one in Florida at one point. You could feel snow coming down in the air. You really could. That was really about it. Yeah, so. that was all the people that we knew that had moved from down there from up north was walking around saying, oh, this isn't snow. And meanwhile, us native Floridians, it's snowing. Snow. Like some people were actually, you could, it would accumulate just like a tiny little fraction on the end of people's cars and on their bumpers and everything. And people were like scraping it off with their hands enough to make a teeny tiny snowball. <laughs> yeah, um, that's, a, that's a technical snowfall, but it really is coming down in Nightvale. 
But before we get into a little bit more info about the snowfall in Night Vale, Cecil wanted to talk about the after effects of the craft festival in Mission Park, Mission Grove Park, excuse me. Um, Yeah, yeah, apparently things got a little out of hand. And he didn't go into detail, but he said they managed to round up the last of the crocheters and they were able to put down the macrame revolution. Oh, I think there's evidence of a lot of knitting needles lying around and bits of artillery fire and um, scorch marks. And so I don't know, but God, also paper plates. Please, guys, pick up after yourselves after you eat. Would you please? Yeah, the... All the wreckage from the craft festival, including all the trash people left behind, was really, really bad. Leanne Hart volunteered to do the cleanup herself, and it sounded like she did an amazing job. Everything was all tidied away. Couldn't do anything about the scorch marks, but, you know, that's fine. So I really wish we could hear more about a craft festival getting out of control like that. That sounds like it would would be really fun. And, you know, our friends Jennifer and uh, Megan will really testify to how much of a bitter rivalry there is between crocheters and knitters. So that probably would be fierce. Oh, I bet it would. Oh, my God. And then you throw the macrameers in there. No wonder there was violence. (laughs) Yeah, I, I used to help out with the craft fair at the at work and I can definitely see oh, I just take the trash of an ordinary craft fair and add violence in there. I'm like, yeah, I can see it being a mess. I'm glad Leon Hart got that all picked up. But uh, right after that, we had a I guess it was an audio word puzzle. Yeah, see a word search, like audio word yeah. search. Yeah, yeah, which is exactly like any other word search. He just listed out a bunch of letters and I tried to write them down and I was like, I have no idea how many in a row these are going to be, but he just listed, I don't know, a couple dozen random letters and said for everybody to circle as many words as you can find and then what, eat the piece of paper, I think? Yeah, well, <laughs> the last few words spelled out and no teeth, I think. So there might ah! there might be other things in there, but I started losing track of what he was saying. Yeah, I was trying to list out letters. I didn't see anything, but I totally missed you're right that I, the last few letters do actually spell teeth. So there you go. <laughs> uh, and so, So back to the snow news, the city council has finally decided, well, all right, we're just going to say that it's a snow festival because nobody was listening to him about getting back to work. No. And I believe they've got a whole bunch of new flyers and brochures and billboards up about Night Vale and coming to travel to Night Vale. And I love their new slogan, Night Vale. It snows here now, I guess. And the snow festival is sponsored by Dunkin' Donuts. Not that Cecil has any idea what a Dunkin' Donut is, but the episode itself is actually sponsored by Sharpies. And that was this whole long description about how nothing is forever. And the scope even goes as far as galaxies crashing into each other and the entire universe either exploding outward or shrinking back down into a microscopic dot. <laughs> but Sharpies are forever. How? Never mind. Don't ask questions. <laughs> Hilarious. And I like Sharpies too, so that made me happy. I was like, yay, Sharpies. Yay, Sharpies be forever. And I liked the dispersion music on that one. It was that really creepy, clanging, kind of distant sort of sound going on. Not very cool. So then Cecil went to one of the most popular parts of every episode that he does every time, all the time. He went to the mailbag. And I'm just like, ha, 
fine. Fine. Yeah, we've done this before, but it has been a long time. It's been a really long time. So it's various things. I guess the first one was somebody who's bought too many knives, and they're not really sure how they got this many. And Cecil's response is basically about decluttering, because we always end up with a lot of knives and sharp implements and chainsaws and whatever. And so he talked about just take them out off the highway and dump them into the water. And I'm like, well, that'll get you arrested. (laughs) The next one was from someone writing in saying that they had recently graduated from high school, but they hadn't applied for any colleges because they already have a really good career. I don't want to go into details, but it's kind of militia leader. I'm like, ah, it's Ah. Tamika. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. (laughs) So she's not really sure if that's what she wants to do for the rest of her life, but she doesn't know what she wants to do next. And she feels stuck, but she also feels like she's too young to feel stuck. And I thought Cecil had some vague advice. It was kind of helpful, though. It's like, you know, everybody gets to the stage. Don't rush on to the next part of your life. You have the rest of your life to do that. Like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, it's very nice. And then the next person wrote in and they're just recently back to Night Vale after having been gone for a while. And they're looking to start up their barber business again. And I was like, oh, oh no. no. Oh, and God. Cecil. Oh, my God. He was so mad. It's Telly the Barber. <laughs> Telly the Barber, whose first action upon appearing in a Night Vale story was to cut Carlos's hair. And it oh. ended with him pretty much insane and wandering the desert giving haircuts to cacti. So, yes. If you listen to anything in this episode, just to listen to Cecil freak out when he realizes that it's Telly! <laughs> so angry and refuses to go on anymore with the mailbag. So hopefully other people's letters will get answered at some point in their natural lifespan, but Cecil doesn't care. He's just, he's done. Oh, he's completely done. Absolutely done. So Cecil is watching everybody playing out in the snow, and he decides this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, so he's going to go play in the snow but so why he does that we go to the weather yep 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 i like how he said right before we go check out the winter festival he also said you know just save me a hot apple cider and i was like oh man i haven't had a hot apple cider in a while this used to be like i would i'd love to go to the barnes and noble here in town the one that actually has the coffee shop and get one of those caramel apple ciders from the starbucks with lots of whipped cream on the top and just wander around checking out the books on the shelves that was just oh that's such a christmasy thing to do (laughs) we need to get this vaccine here so i can go out and do normal things again but anyway so we go to the weather and it was modern fear by marble season I don't know, 80s pop rock? Very much so. It started out with a really synthesized intro and then Mm -hmm. kind of a guitar sound that almost made it sound like it was going to be a music video for a high school or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was like hard rock for the 1980s kind of thing. (laughs) I couldn't really hear what the lyrics were. Her voice was a little soft. I did think that she probably could have raised the vocals a little bit on that one, but it was fun. It was was bouncy. Yeah, it it was nice. We were definitely bouncing along with that one, but... We come back, and at first, I thought we weren't going to hear how the festival was, because Cecil was saying something like, well, that was all unexpected, and a little weird, and I don't really need to tell you about it, because everybody was there, but I'm 90% story, so I'll tell you anyway. And I was like, good. <laughs> good. I did not want the vague thing going on for that. Right. So Cecil went out, and he got to ride a sled for the first time, which wasn't really as much fun as he was hoping. Um, the snow wasn't as slippery as he was thinking, and even though Josh Creighton turned himself into an entire team of sled dogs to pull the sled, it 
wasn't really working very well, and the snow wasn't actually as cold as he was expecting, and the taste was kind of bitter. And then um, his niece, Cecil's niece, Janice, pointed out that the snow was kind of coming up from another section of Night Vale instead of falling down from the sky. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? I I was sitting here trying to guess what was happening. I was thinking soap flakes at one point. I don't know why I was thinking. I was thinking like it was foam from something. I probably should have guessed what it actually was. Well, you were going a little bit more benign than I was. I was thinking it was a volcano. Oh, well, it's Night Vale. It could totally be a volcano. But mm, yeah, I may have been more benign, but you were actually closer to the mark. (laughs) We found out how Leanne Hart cleaned everything up after the craft festival. Yeah, she took everything to the nearest empty lot and piled it up and set it on fire. And the fire (laughs) apparently was so big that it was raining down ash and debris on Night Vale, and that's what everybody thought was snow. Yeah. Well, they live in Night Vale in the desert. They probably haven't ever actually seen real snow before, so I guess it's understandable. But yeah, they all kind of like walked away feeling a little silly. With Leanne standing there going, what? What are you all looking at? Oh, God. (laughs) Anyway, uh, but trust Cecil to kind of take it to a positive note. He says, but what that means is... We have actually yet to see our very first snow. Oh, can you imagine what that's going to be like? like, Oh, bless you, Cecil. (laughs) So something to look forward to. That's right. And that was it. That was the end of the episode. But uh, a little bit of Night Vale news, I guess. They did actually send out an email today. (sighs) They have completely canceled all upcoming tours. And, you know, I had gotten notification because we had bought tickets to their touring show from earlier on this year. And we got a notification that it had been delayed until May of next year, which perfectly understandable. But they finally made the decision. They just have no way of knowing what's going to happen until we actually get the vaccine and this thing gets under control. And it's probably a lot of hassle to cancel a show once you've scheduled it. So, yeah. Yeah. No, that makes total sense. They do have another one of their live streamings on Thursday the 17th, I think it is. And so that's another pay what you will. It starts at like, I don't know, like $5.50 or something with all the fees and everything. And you can pay more if you like. But yeah, that's, I've been really surprised at how much I really enjoy those. Just knowing that we're all watching it at the same time is really kind of fun. <laughs> Yeah, when we can remember that it's happening. Uh, yeah, I know. God. I have a friend who wants to, she plays in the orchestra with me, and she wants to just go into her neighborhood, into this one cul-de-sac, and we're just going to stand outside and play our violins outside, social distancing with masks on. I don't remember if that's the 17th or not, but um, yeah. Anyway, I'm looking forward to doing that, because it does seem like it's going to be safe. (laughs) It's going to be outdoors. (laughs) We're all going to be careful. But the live show, I do recommend you do that. And it does help them out because they're not getting any money from any kind of live shows at this point. Their, their Patreon's doing well. So that's good. So I'm trying to think of other stuff that I've been uh, listening to lately. Uh, the podcast, My Dad Wrote a Porno, they just posted their Christmas episode for this year. And of course, it is just absolutely bizarre, as we have come to expect from My Dad Wrote a Porno. But they did announce something at the end of the episode, and it's a two-parter, so I get to look forward to another one next week. But at the end of the episode, they mentioned they are raising money for Doctors Without Borders, because they are, it's such an important organization at any time, and during a pandemic, it's even more important. But they're 
running a kind of raffle where everyone can go to the Doctors Without Borders website and donate and then take a screen cap of their you know donation confirmation and then email that to the My Dad Wrote a Porno crew and they will enter your name for them to, they're going to draw like 10 people and they're going to record a message of your choice by the My Dad Wrote a Porno crew. Oh, that would be wonderful. Oh God, I don't know. I guess it's because I knew that we were going to have a new episode pretty soon and it's been it's been all year long it's mm-hmm. been at least a year since we've had one i started probably halfway through last month just going through some of the old episodes just they're even funnier the second time around i, I mean they've got like at least six maybe even seven uh christmas episodes alone but they've got five seasons of episodes and these are so weird and i feel so odd to think that i have listened to a lot of this stuff at work which means that <laughs> i have technically listened to some porn at work but it's really awful porn so i'm sure it's fine terrible it's oh. like most of the time not even anatomically correct porn it's oh. that strange oh god it's so weird and just to listen because they're either laughing their heads off or they're just reacting in dismay like what is happening or you've got poor jamie and it's his dad who's written all this stuff and he's just so upset sometimes he's like oh god dad why oh god if you haven't listened to it my dad run a porno it will just ah, i i have really had so much fun these last couple weeks just re-listening to all these episodes they're wonderful and now we're gonna get two new christmas episodes yay and they're gonna talk about the start of book six which is gonna be coming out soon so yay god i was listening to some of the old episodes myself and there was just one bit where his dad referred to the bathroom as like the water closet or something mm-hmm. and and <laughs> they were just like does he does he at home call it the water closet and he said no he usually calls it the bathroom and then he says in this perfect irish accent or shit house and something <laughs> about the way he said it put me on the floor laughing <laughs> we all have our favorite moments mine is in one of the Christmas episodes, he's reading aloud and he always comes up with the worst euphemisms for like sperm and semen and everything. And at one point, Jamie reads aloud and he calls it pre-people. And you hear James in the background make this noise. He goes, pre-people! Just every time I laugh so hard. It's just... And I like how Alistair responds to everything. Fuck off. It's just... It's really funny. I, I, it's probably not good that I was listening to it at work, but I don't care. It made some of those days go by really fast. It's really funny. Anyway. Oh, God. You know, I haven't actually listened to it yet. <laughs> I, I've been sort of saving it. How did it sound with them recording remotely this time? They were actually in the same area, but they were socially distancing. So they managed oh, to get together at, I think it was, I'm pretty sure it was Jamie's house that they were at. But they oh, had a great big room good. that they could be together in. So yeah, it sounded great. Good. Oh, good. Yes. Oh, good. Wonderful. And then... Another thing, of course, that we've been listening slash watching is we've watched the most recent episode of The Mandalorian. Ooh, oh my god, Boba Fett, Boba Fett, eee! Wow, okay, spoilers, obviously, for this episode, but, you know, so The Mandalorian, he is, he's always very, you know, in any of his fight scenes, it's always a lot of artillery and a lot of power and a lot of, you know, blasting and everything, but you got Boba Fett in there, and he was just... 
it was just brutal, like just blunt impacts and force. And it's like, like a thuggish way of fighting, but so effective, like very economical, but just really like just putting his fist through people, basically. Well, yeah. And I asked Nathan because he's slamming people with this big staff that he's got, but it's a real mm. concussive force. And I love it when people in the room have more Star Wars knowledge than me and can pull up mm. these things. Because I asked Nathan, what is he using? And Nathan's like, it's a bantha stick. The sand people use those things. I'm like, oh, oh okay. Good for him. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Oh, it's really, I mean, he just goes to town. Even when he gets the armor on, I, I feel like i mean before he got the armor on he was just a badass and then he gets the armor on he's like a terminator he's unstoppable it was amazing i loved his fight scenes that was great oh but to see the first appearance of his ship and nathan are both like and i'm like that's slave one isn't it that's slave one it is it is to know that that is the actor who played him. Uh, so it's Tamura Morrison. And yes, okay. he was Django Fett in Attack of the Clones. So, okay. yeah, right. so that All makes right. sense because Boba Fett is Django Fett's son and he's a clone of his father. So, yeah, that was a nice bit of consistency there. I don't feel like in any of the movies we ever really got to see him like his full potential fight wise. Whoever is doing the choreography on the fights in this show is so good and everybody does such a great job it really was wonderful to watch and let me tell you you called it with ming na wen because yeah, her character yeah. supposedly died in an episode in season one and you said i don't know that seems too big of an actress to bring her in for just one episode so yep, yep. she made a reappearance she's back boy it was cool when she opened up her stomach and she's all like <laughs> she's a droid on the inside now i'm like oh wow that's awesome i really yeah. i really love when star wars can play up what the technology can do that we just never saw taken advantage of in the movies. It was a fun episode. Also, smaller note, I love how Grogu, or the kid, Mm -hmm. or Baby Yoda, whatever we're calling him now, I love when he was like playing around with the little, the Mandalorian ship, the little ball that he's always playing with and everything. I love how they've got him doing this like little purring kind of noise now. It's kind of like (laughs) very contented noise. It's adorable. It's like I don't know, a cross between like a raccoon and a cat or something. It's a great little noise that he makes. But the title of the episode, The Tragedy, was pretty damn appropriate because not only did Grogu get kidnapped by Imperials and they're going to have to try to get him back, the Mandalorian ship is gone. It is absolutely gone. And that's... I, I, I haven't wanted to make a comment on Twitter about this, because I wasn't sure how to put it, but Greg on from the How to Drink channel, he had commented that he's never liked the Mandalorian ship because it's not oh, wow. weird enough. It's not like upside down like or, or sideways like Slave One or, you know, completely asymmetrical, anything like that. So he thought it was kind of a tease when it looked like the ship had been destroyed and then it was kind of like impossibly back in flying condition at the end. And I really think, oh, I bet he's happy now. Yeah, I bet he's real happy now because there is, there's no doubt. It is gone. It's <laughs> absolutely like, gone. I, it's blown to bits. Well, but wow. of course, one of the first thing he digs out of the wreckage is a little steel ball that Grogu was playing it. with. Oh, I my heart. It. When he was kicking around in the wreckage, I was like, he's going to find the little ball. It's kind of, <laughs> it's a thing you got to But he also did find the Beskar staff of, obviously, that thing's indestructible. So he's got something. And now he's going to be 
tool around with Boba Fett and Ming-Na Wen. And because they said that if he gave them back Boba Fett's armor, they would keep the kid safe. Well, the kid is definitely not safe. And now it also looks like the Mandalorian is going to have to spring one of the characters from the Caper episode from last season to try to track down the Imperials. So maybe we're going to get another Caper episode because I love those. I do too. And it's it's that uh, comedian whose name I cannot remember, but I know him from an episode of Comedians of Cars Getting Coffee, the bald guy, very funny, very off color, whatever. I'm sure they're bringing him back because he's another guy who was way too good in the role and way too fun to watch to only have him in one episode. Right, exactly. Oh boy, but what about those robots that they, um, the, the dark troopers or whatever it was that... Uh, oh boy, those things are scary. Yeah. I loved how they really, they showed just watching the, the Empire's ship hang in the air just looked so menacing just hanging there and watching the troopers come out and surround the kid and everything. I love when the kid was sitting on the the rock and all the force energy was going up around him. That was all very well done. The effects on this show are awfully well done. There, I mean, I really can't pick at anything about this TV show that I would want to change. I've been enjoying nope. all of it. Yeah, the sound work especially is always really good. I really like all the, the sounds that we hear. Yeah, well, they're done very effectively and they also pull them from other Star Wars movies, so you can recognize yes. things. Point. Absolutely. <laughs> but I guess the only thing that we need to talk about now, because we've definitely gotten into a pattern with these episodes, but if we've talked about The Mandalorian, the next thing we talk about is Laura Olympus. Oh boy. Oh boy. So we move yeah. forward a little bit more, and we have seen that Minth is delusional, I think. Holy cow. She, she is, does not get it. She is absolutely convinced that because Persephone is shown to be, well, she referred to her as a traitor to Hades. And I guess that's because she committed an act of wrath and slaughtered a bunch of humans and then somehow covered it up so Hades wouldn't know about it. But I guess. But Nymph has just decided that because of that, obviously Hades is going to hate Persephone and just fall back into Nymph's arms to the point where Nymph greeted him in his office like with a trench coat on and open it up to reveal she's wearing nothing but lingerie. And she thought that was going to work. She was so convinced. I mean, it's one thing to hope that that might happen, but she was absolutely convinced that would happen. And meanwhile, Thanatos, who went along with her, is it Thanatos? I think it's Thanatos, yeah. Okay, I, I never remember his name. He's kind of a nothing sort of character anyway. I don't like him, but he is worried and really thinks that probably Hermes is on the right track. And Minth, meanwhile, is like, nope, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. And Thanatos actually got to see, not only did he see Hades throw Minth out of the room and tell her to never do that again, the bit with the lingerie and everything, but he got to see core show up from the invisibility cloak afterwards and thanatos is like oh no she really is his flavor I'm like, yes, she is. <laughs> but that, it worries me about Minth because when she was storming out that is not the angry stomp of someone who's defeated i think she's no. still going to be trying more stuff probably going to go run tattle to zeus at this point i don't know yeah. what she thinks she's going to accomplish well She's still best friends with Thetis, and Thetis is still shacking up with Zeus. So she has a direct line to his ear. So I'm sure that's definitely going to happen. Also, now, you know, Hermes tried to get Persephone to come away from Hades to go see Zeus. And Hades was like, no. 
And then Persephone tried to actually go with him. And she said, it's my fault that Hermes is in trouble. And that because Hermes is actually a good person. He's like, I can't do this. I'm in trouble for my own reasons and everything. Just forget I was here. And he leaves. I'm like, oh. I've been rereading the entire series. And I'm glad that I have because there's some information that I'd forgotten about. When Persephone committed the act of wrath, before we knew what that was, we saw Demeter paying Hermes to cover up the deaths, like like oh. a very, very large check to Hermes to cover things up. So oh. he knew what had happened, and he was the reason why Hades didn't know about all those extra deaths. Or Oh, I thought it was something like well after the fact. I didn't realize I'm, he was complicit right from the very beginning. I'm fairly so. sure, yeah, that, that he had to help cover things up right from the start. But there was also the whole bit where, okay, so Eros, uh, his heart was obviously broken because Psyche betrayed him, thinking that she was going to have to stab him as a horrible monster, not realizing he was a demigod. Or no, he's an actual god, isn't he? I think he's an actual yeah. god. I think he is, yeah. Well, he, f- the first thing he did when he ran away was he went and committed an act of wrath. He slaughtered like 300 mortals. And Aphrodite oh. had to sleep with Zeus to get him to back off from punishing Eros. Uh, is that in the original mythology? I, I don't, don't think so. Oh, wow. Which is good. I like it when she diverges from the original mythology, because then I can't guess what's going to happen next. But yeah. So yeah, so there has there is precedent for someone committing an act of wrath and Zeus letting them get away with it. But, you know, there hadn't been a huge cover up when that happened. So also, he, Zeus wasn't walking around butthurt at the time either. So yeah, yeah. So but oh, man. So the artwork in this latest episode, as usual, top notch. Wasn't that a fantastic outfit that Persephone? was wearing. So adorable. It was just really, it was like her attempt at being inconspicuous. And I liked Hades' reaction was just basically like, uh, and he froze. Because <laughs> here he is with an invisibility cloak. And he's like, I just figured you could wear this. <laughs> but um, yeah, she looked wonderful. She looked so good. And then they're in the car and they're driving to Hades' work. And she's holding two cups of coffee and she's drinking from one of them. And then the next panel is her like straight arming the cup over so that Hades can drink from his cup while he's driving. I'm like, they already act like they're married. It's so freaking cute. And when she... So when Hades throws Minth out and Thanatos sees Persephone come out from under the invisibility cloak, a lot of the commenters were noticing both their eyes were red, which is kind of like when they get into their kind of like wrathful god state and kind of the vengeful deity sort of thing. And they were both there. And I'm like, oh, they're already there. They're already there. (laughs) They also pointed out, the commenters pointed out, and I'm not sure if this is the case. So Minth like opens up her trench coat and just like, ta-da! And then Hades like, let's just tie this back up. So he ties the sash again. But then, you know, he's pulled away, but the sash has, like, become into a bow and there's little pink lines next to it. And there were people who were saying obviously Persephone was also helping to tie the knot closed on her like, romantic rival there invisibly. (laughs) Yes, I'm not surprised that she would do that. God, how God, if Minth finds out that Persephone was there and watched that entire thing happen. What? Talk about an extra element of humiliation right there. Whoa! I am so quickly losing any sympathy I ever had for Minth. I'm just waiting for her come up and a lot of people's come up at this point. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, 
I can't even keep track. We haven't even seen Apollo in two episodes. Mm, yeah. Mm, I don't know. Go faster. Don't go faster. It's fine. <laughs> Take your time. Especially your time. if the episodes are this good. Yeah, seriously. Wow. But I guess that's going to wrap us up for the week. So make sure to check out PixLadyGeek.com for all the book reviews, the movie reviews, the comic book reviews. Not so much with the photo galleries, but we do love us some fan art. I've also started to, you know, check in with our Instagram contacts. We do keep in touch with a lot of Instagrammers who review movies. I don't know what the Oscars are going to look like this year. Wow. I think it's a good idea to start posting some reviews for people of the movies that are generally considered to be Oscar bait. You know, you can go on to, I think, Variety.com. They usually have an Oscar shortlist. And so I've started putting up some reviews I found for that. Mank is one that came up recently. Do you know what that one's about? No. I had no idea. No, our friend David posted a review of it, and he was very pleasantly surprised. I think he liked it a lot. Yeah. Well, it's David Fincher, who I'm sure you've heard of David Fincher before. Well, it's the story about the writer of Citizen Kane. I mean, nobody always knows Orson Welles, but they don't know. And it's apparently it's really, really good. And it's also he tries to film a lot of things in the style of that time period. So I'm hearing good things. So I wouldn't be surprised if Oscars comes around and and that one kind of gets a few nods. But anyway, yeah, keep an eye out. Uh, We're going to try and keep on posting reviews from now until... Whenever the Oscars are, I don't, I don't know what those are going to look like. Whenever that is, whatever that is, however that is, whyever that is, we just don't know. Exactly. No, we don't. But we we like movies, so we'll post that. All of that and more. Pixeladygeek.com. So no Night Vale next week, but I'm sure we'll have a Mandalorian. Mandalore Olympus. Olympus. Yeah, yeah. I might want to talk a little bit about... I've been rewatching a lot of Black Mirror, and I know that the creator of Black Mirror has said there's not any Black Mirror on the horizon anytime soon, because even he admits it's pretty bleak to have that kind of stuff up during a pandemic. But boy, a lot of those really hold up a second watch. Yeah, and I only just recently watched Black Museum for the first time, so I need to talk about that. Yes, so we will definitely get that and whatever else we manage to talk about. So one way or the other, we will talk to everybody in one week. Talk to y'all later. 